We're here to share with you inspiring stories that bring to life all the little and big ways that people bring more love, joy, laughter, and humanness to everyday life. Our focus is to hunt for those little moments that refuel the human soul and reminds us what life is really all about. I invite you to sit back, enjoy the moments, enjoy the stories, the adventures, and the journeys. Welcome back to What the World Needs More Of. My name is Jarek Robbins. I'm your host. And I'm here with special guest, Jason Cisneros. Sir, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, brother. Jason, in getting started, I would love to know, what do you believe the world needs more of? Such a great question, and I'm glad I had exactly 5.5 seconds to think about it. But immediately, what comes to mind for me, what the world needs more of, and it's something that I talk about consistently, is... We need more transparency mixed with forgiveness wow. and, you know, trans transparency in, in the, in, in our world, we live in a world where people are still trying to hide the things that they, the mistakes that they've made. Uh, we live in a world where transparency people's emails and I mean, all kinds of things are being sort of shown out there in the world for people behind the scenes. And, you know, and I'm a big advocate for myself. I mean, you know, my, my history, uh, has demanded of me. I made massive amounts of mistakes in my life. And to be transparent with those mistakes is to, to be, to allow and unleash this, this ability, this, this, uh, connection at a whole other level when people are thinking, well, there, this guy is just, he's doing so well. And, uh, but yeah, maybe now, but, but let me tell you about what happened in the past and, and really getting that stuff out there because whether the rest of the world will hold you accountable for the mistakes you've made, the biggest piece is that it holds us back. It's like a weight. If I'm too successful, if I make too much money, if I make too much of a splash, if I go out there and I say the things that I shouldn't be saying uh, or that I should be saying and people look at me and they go, oh, yeah, but that guy, you know, he cheated in his marriage or he was a collector, you know, and he, he dealt drugs and he, you know, he'd spent some time in jail. And he did all these other kind of things and he's hiding that. Um, I talk about it, you know, and, and it's a mixture, bro. Like when you ask that question, what are the two things we need more of? It's transparency and then forgiveness, right? It's a combination of those two, Le letting people know the mistakes that you've made, um, and, and telling your own story and then forgiving yourself for it because the rest of the world is more apt to forgive you for those mistakes that you made. If you're honest about it, because not everybody that I know, uh, and, you know, you and I kind of have this co in common with the people we hang out with. Almost everybody that I know has made mistakes. If they haven't, I have, I have nothing in common with them. I don't, I don't, I don't, I can't relate. So if they've made mistakes and they're honest about them, I can learn something from them as opposed to, you know, hiding them and trying to portray, like, you know, the, the best thing that I've ever heard was that a lot of people's reality in social media, especially a lot of people's realities are interacting with other people's masks and facades mm. and it causes, causes a lot of pain. They look at these people and they're in the helicopters and they're in the nice houses and you know, whether it's true or not, 
they feel bad about themselves as opposed to our reality and their reality are probably not that far apart. Money problems, relationship problems, health problems, family challenges, you know, all of those kind of things. Our realities need to react uh, or interact with each other more often. So I think if we could do that, man, this world would be in a much better place. I love that. I love that. And I, I think we're starting to get a hint of your wow factor, but I'm going to ask what's your wow factor? What makes you uniquely you? And what are some of the moments that helped shape that over the years? What is my wow factor? Man, I'm not used to talking about myself all that much, but let's say, I, I would say if I, if I look at what my wow factor is, it is the, the demand on myself to constantly be real, right? My grandfather, my grandfather always used to say, don't believe your own bullshit. And, and don't believe your own press because you can get good press where people are like, Oh my God, you know, Jason Cisneros is doing all these great things. Um, and, and, and don't believe that because you're not as good as, as that press makes you out to be. And also on the downside, when people are like, Oh, but did you know he did this in his past and he had these things? And, and, and at the end of the day, don't believe you're not the devil and you're not an, an angel. You're somewhere in between. And so my wow factor is, the constant demand on myself to present an actual picture of who I am and the things that I've gone through and where, you know, to get where I'm at and also to continue to keep those things out there. I'm, I'm just a, a product of, of failure after failure, but the main component there, not making the same mistakes twice, because I believe if you make a mistake twice at some level, it's a choice. And that's where we get into separating, you know, in my language, it's like you have douchebags and you have non-douchebags. Douchebags are people who make mistakes that hurt people, know they're hurting people and continue to do it because there's something in it for them, as opposed to, you know, the misfits in the world, which are they make a mistake, they pay the price, and they don't make that mistake again because they're in constant evolution to be the best that they can possibly be, right? The best version of of who we are so that we can live out our potential, which is, in my opinion, the, the, is, the, is to take all of those lessons to be able to serve other people. And that's where I find real, real joy. So I think that's my wow factor, brother. I love it. And what are some of the moments that shape it? Obviously, your grandfather was part of it. What other moments really my grand, helped shape that? Yeah, my grandfather was a big piece of it. And it was, you know, uh, my story, you know, and again, I, I, I tell my story not for my own sake, but just to to let people know, because I think I'm, uh, you know, they talk about being an example uh, or a warning. And I think that my life has been a very good example of both. Right. And, uh, and some of the moments that shape it were being adopted very young by an adopted father who uh, was very, very abusive to me and my mom and uh, went to prison when I was 17 for attempted murder of, of me and my mom was a bad dude, broke my nose 18 times between then, uh, between the time that I was adopted and the time he went to prison. And, uh, and, and so I started stepping in front of my mom to take her beatings from, you know, around seven years old. And, uh, and that really helped shape me into somebody who, I mean, as you know, I do, I do a lot of work in the philanthropic world and my, my first one and my most passionate one is for abuse, uh, you know, to, to, uh, help abuse women and children. 
And, uh, and it was that moment where he was trying to destroy me for whatever reason of things that he was going through. He was trying to destroy my spirit. And all he did was strengthen a beast of service because now I got, I know that our lives can be over in a snap of a finger. And, and so I don't take any moment for granted. And I also know that I was put in the position that I'm in to take those beatings and to, to deal with that upbringing uh, so that I could protect those people that are vulnerable to talk to those men that think that beating their women is a cool thing. And to, uh, and to put, you know, put these women and children in safe places away from those, those men. So, you know, those moments of growing up, not one, not knowing why this man, and I didn't know he wasn't my real, my real father until I was 17. So the night that he was sentenced, my mom told me, and um, which was a very, very good moment for me as well, uh, uh, you know, to know and understand, okay, he's not actually my father, you know, he's not actually my father. And so who I am from this point forward, is doesn't need to be informed by the last, 17 years of my life and the examples that I gave it's a it's an open choice so there's those moments being you know traveling with my grandfather my grandfather would come and pick me up I'd be beat up so bad sometimes that I get locked in my room uh because my eyes were uh you know swollen shut and and uh and whatnot and he would come and kidnap me and you know just take me and we would go live in the woods for as long as we could um and just you know being around him and and to see this is the example of a good man. And this is somebody who, who loves unconditionally and listening to his wisdom as opposed to this other radical thing that I, this other radical example I had in my adopted father, which was, you know, if somebody's in your way, you deal with things with violence. It's with anger. You're never, you know, you can't question me because I'm never wrong. And, and if you do question me, I can put you physically in, in harm. I can hold a gun to your head. I can, you know, I can hurt you because you're weaker than I am and those types of things. So, you know, lots of moments that shaped me brother. And, and, um, you know, one of them was, was, uh, was being in the presence of, of your father, you know, where he, where, where I went to one of his events and he shook my hand and I told him, I said, I'm going to pay you back for this. And this was, you know, this was one of those moments where I had, I was living on a beach. I, you know, I had, I was homeless, uh, had gone through a bunch of stuff and, and I ended up putting together enough drug money to go to, to, to a UPW and, and, uh, got on stage and got to shake his hand. And I said, you know, I said, I'm going to pay you back for the life that you, I know you've transformed. And he stepped back and he looked at me and he said, I believe you. And it was one of the first times in my life, brother, that I felt like somebody that I admired actually believed in me. And I know he wouldn't remember the moment. I know he did, couldn't pick me out of a crowd after that moment, but it meant the world to me um, in that somebody believed in me and now it was time to make good on that promise. To be able to pay back meant not put money in his pocket, but to uh, spread real joy and real opportunity around the world and to, and, and to really reach into other people's lives instead of being focused on myself all the time. Those are some of the moments. I mean, you and I could be here for a couple of days, brother, but you know, those are some of the ones that really stick out in my mind. I love them. They're very special moments in life, and I can certainly see how they've they've helped mold you into the, the, the man and force for good that you are. Speaking of moments, what's a moment that made you feel incredibly humble? Oh, moments that I felt incredibly humble. I'll tell you, it was on a, it was on a trip. 
And, you know, there's three that really popped to mind, but one of them was the, the, the position that my life is putting. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm financially doing well. Uh, I have an ability to make an impact in the world. Uh, and, and really all of the hard work and the, the struggle, which we have to, all of us, your listeners, everybody that's listening to this, they have to, you know, the biggest struggle that we all, all of us are ever going to have is that battle that we have between us and the person in the mirror. And, and to, to reach a moment, there was a moment on a trip and it was an, it was an undercover mission to go, um, to go save some undercover or some underage sex slaves in a foreign country. Um, also involved your father. I won't get too much into the details of it, but he was there and we were all undercover and we were there and we ended up uh, rescuing 36 little, little girls and putting 11 traffickers away. And I was sitting in that, in that moment, I'm surrounded by law enforcement. I'm surrounded by other guys who decided to put their lives on the line. I'm surrounded, you know, your, your father's there. Every we're, we're, we're sitting there all on this mission, none of us in, 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 none of us should have had to be in that position to be putting our lives on the line to be able to rescue little girls that should have never been put in a position that they're in to be utilized by, by, you know, by the scum of the earth and to sit there and to think to myself, whatever problems that I thought I may have had for the challenges that I think that I had in my life and, you know, the stupid things, the stupid things that I got into arguments with, with my loved ones and, and to sit there and compare being locked in a room, chained to a bed and to be used for $60 a, a time to have men have sex with these little girls. It was, it was incredibly humbling, brother. So I'm trying not to get, too emotional about the experience because it was it was humbling to say I put myself in a position to serve and here we are serving men and women combined that didn't have to be there but were there and 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 really looking to ease suffering for for these little girls it's it's something that changed my life um it's something that, that made me realize how insignificant most people's actual problems are mm. and how much power everybody listening to this right now has to impact people who actually need us, mm. that are actually vulnerable. So, uh, you know, <laughs> got a, a little bit, you know, deep there for a second, but it's, but it, but it was a humbling moment for me to, to, to be, chosen to be there to to have been chosen and have to chosen myself to be able to to be in that position it was really humbling Mm, that's special thank you for deciding to step up for those people in need you bet brother that's amazing and is i mean it put tears in my eyes just hearing that and and you know that the, the truth when you say it if we take a step outside of ourselves and just say hey how can i help someone around me who, who's truly truly in need in some way whether that's physical need emotional need um saving their life in this case uh but 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 just being there for someone it, it, it's amazing how it puts us right back in perspective almost immediately on on the challenges we're going through and it's not to say that they're not challenges they are 
Um, it, it just yeah. allows it to be bet, put back in real true perspective. And it allows us to take a breath and get back into the moment of realizing how blessed we really are, even with the challenges we have. Um, but to, to also so be well there and, and to be there for the people who really, really, truly need us in those moments and, and to step up in service. Like you said, you didn't have to put your life on the line. You don't have to go do crazy stuff like that. But choosing to be there, um, if anything, there's a beautiful gift that you receive in those moments of service when you do step up and serve other people where, where you know, as much as you're giving them a massive life changing and life altering gift in that moment, uh, I think you also receive one in that moment when you when you're truly there of service and you really do step way outside of yourself to help and serve others in, in extreme situations like that. Amen. That's Amen. None of, I mean, very, I, I don't, I'm not a hundred percent sure that any of those little girls will know any of us that were on that trip, you know, yeah. not because they were, you know, they're, they're, they're rescued. They don't meet us. You know, it's a, it's, it's just, um, anyway, brother, I, I, uh, I think the beauty so well of said. it, you said it, you said it perfect. I think the beauty of it is they land up knowing that someone cares. Yes. Someone cares. Amen. And, and sometimes just knowing and sometimes that someone cares enough. is, yeah. like you just said, more than enough. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah, it, was, it, it reminds me of, of this, the, you know, the story, there's the Survivor's Club. There's a book called The Survivor's Club, and in it, there's this story that has always stuck with me and, and really resonates to our conversation right now. And in it, there's this story of this person who left their house bawling their eyes out walked along a sidewalk through hundreds of people, got on a trolley in San Francisco, bawling, got on a bus to transfer over, walked past another hundreds of people on, on their way to, to jump off of the, uh, the Golden Gate Bridge and jumped off, uh, tried to commit suicide and actually survived. And that's what this book is about. It's full of uh, a book of survivors. And, and when this person was interviewed, they said, you know, he, I think it was a, a gentleman, but he said that, uh, if one person, if one person would have asked me, why are you crying? What's wrong with you? I wouldn't have jumped. And I know it's our, his personal responsibility for having jumped, but that it just lets you know, there's just these little things, a smile, a pat on the back, a, a you know, just a, just a hello to somebody could alter their life forever. And, you know, and as you said, I mean, getting this, this message out that you're putting out, you're putting your own time, your own heart, your own effort, you know, to, to put this word out there so that, you know, people in the furthest reaches of the world can have access to this information, man, you're doing exactly that. You don't know how many lives are going to change because of you deciding, Hey, you know what, I'm going to do a podcast and I'm going to put out some, some amazing content. And, uh, I'm just proud of you, man. And I'm proud to be a part of it. So thank you. Well, thank you. And, and I appreciate it. Hopefully it does reach the person that needs it at the moment they need it with the message they need. I don't know who they are, where they are, Amen. what they need, but it's going out and hopefully it'll find them. Um, but you love them and I love them and they will feel that shit throughout time and, and distance. That's true. That's true. I think it brings us to our next, our next thought, which is what's an awe inspiring moment. I'm, I'm <laughs> I'm sorry. That was our awe-inspiring moment. <laughs> you teared me up, and now I'm seeing things funny on my side. <laughs> okay, next one. Next one. I actually, I, yeah, I think we were on incredibly humble still. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure we had an awe-inspiring yet. 
Well, you threw me off. I got deep thoughts and feelings over here, and I can't even figure out what number we're on. So let's go with the awe-inspiring exactly. moment. What, what's, what's an awe-inspiring moment? You might have had to pick your jaw up off the ground because of it, but, but something that just put you in a pure state of awe. Man, again, I, I love the fact that there's no time to prep, prepare for these questions, but um, there's so many of them. There's, I'll, I'll give you two, and I'll try to keep them very short. But um, one, you know, again, uh, I, my, my daughter, um, who is incredibly talented, incredibly beautiful, um, you know, six years old, and, and just, you know, this amazing kid. I have, I have several children, and, and, uh, and she's the youngest. And to look at the lives that they've led, uh, to look at, you know, the difference, because again, at the end of the day, that's the only thing I can say. I want to change the stars for my last name, for my family name. I want to start leaving a legacy, uh, you know, of, of success, of caring, of making an impact in the world. And it has to start with me because not, you know, again, from my family history and the things that I've gone through, um, there's not much to look back of and be proud of. And I want it. That's, what I build every single day. It's a legacy that I want to leave behind and, and that guides my decisions. And so, you know, my daughter um, got chosen to do, to dance at Disney and, and uh, just sitting in the audience and, and seeing her talent and seeing the opportunity that she had that I could afford to put her up there that she, she wasn't, she was, she had no exposure to being, to, to the terror of being beaten, to, you know, to all of the stuff that I grew up with, there was this protective, I could just see the protective layer around her from her mom who loves her dearly is a great mom. Um, even though we didn't, our, our relationship ended in a divorce, but, uh, and, and for her to be up there with that giant smile and, and being able to, to live in her, in, in her opportunity because of the decisions that her mom made, because of the decisions that I made, because of, the, the environment of, of learning and, and, uh, and, and living outside of ourselves to create a better environment and a better future for our kids. It was, it, it just, I, I just, again, it was one of those moments where I'm just, I'm sitting in the audience happy as could be and just tears streaming out of my eyes because I'm so proud of her because it was, I was, it was such an awe-inspiring moment not because of that moment, because of what it represented and what I think her future is going to represent, what I think the difference, man, what a difference, those, those pivotal points that everybody's listening to you right now, when you decide shit's going to be fucking different, shit becomes fucking different. And you may not see that shit for the next 10 years. You may not see it for 15. You may not see it for 20. But when you decide that you're going to take a fork in the road and you're going to change the destiny or the, or the, the predetermined uh, uh, outcome that has, been, that has been imprinted on you from generation to generation to generation before you and you decide to change that shit, you, we all will end up in one of those awe-inspiring moments where it's like every fucking thing that has hurt me, every fucking thing that has caused pain is worth it for this one moment. Hmm. Hmm. I, I can feel that it, the, the, all the things you've been through, all, all the, the terrors, the tortures, the pains, the suffering, the frustrations, the moments to be able to, to share 
the ability for your little girl not to have to go through those. Um, I, I think it's something you said in a text we were texting earlier and you said, I feel like everything that I've been through in my entire life has prepared me for where I am in this very moment. Um, I, I, I believe that. I, I think that's, that's the awe-inspiring moment, that the realization that everything you've been through has prepared you to be able to pay forward something a little bit better, and in this case, a lot of bit better, uh, to, to someone you really, truly cherish and love and care about and, and to repave that, that future legacy, like you said, to, to redo the, the stars and repave where your family legacy is headed. Um, but knowing that everything shaped you into the man you are to be able to pay that forward. And without those things, um, you know, hopefully you'd, you'd be able to pay that forward. But with them, you certainly can. Uh, it's powerful. Amen. I love that. Speaking Amen. of moments, this is an interesting one because it's a little bit of a shift. What's your greatest fear? This one is, um, it's an interesting, it's an interesting question. What's my greatest fear? Um, I was having a conversation with a very, very dear friend of mine. And it, and it was, I've always sort of, I've, I've known the concept, but I couldn't put words around it. And uh, his name's Sean Barnett. And he, we were having a conversation. We were talking about this thing called shadow mission, right? And, and, it, and it changed my life. And so we talk about fear, you know, the, the, the younger bravado, I mean, I'm, I'm not afraid of shit. I'll go anywhere. I'll go do anything, you know, which is fear in and of, of itself demonstrated in the fact that you say you have no fear, right? Fear if it's properly utilized, what I found in my own life, again, this is just for me, but I found that it, it's, it's another piece of fuel. It's another piece of energy that, that can fuel your forward momentum. We're all afraid of something. And, and so the, when I was having this conversation with Sean, it, it came off, of, he said, Jason, look, really what you're doing is you live, you live your life by shadow mission. It's like, what keeps you up at night? It's not, it, it's not what keeps me up at night. It, it's what gets me up in the morning. And, and he, we started talking about this shadow mission. He said, Jason, what it is, is if he, and we were talking specifically about this, this, uh, this uh, work with uh, under, underage uh, sex slaves and, and abused women and whatnot. And, um, you know, and then feeding a billion people. We were talking about that. And he said, look, if you would have got the phone call um, to go on this mission, to go save these little girls, and you would have said no, what would show up in that moment is your shadow mission. So now, you know, if you had the ability, the talent, you were asked for a reason, it's put in your, in your, in the, in your worldview for a reason, because you were, you were called to do it. If you would have said no, what would have shown up was your shadow mission. In other words, you would have then become someone who stood for the rape of under underage little girls. And I thought, man, that, that, that it fucking hurts to hear that. But I did show up. Right. So, and I'm not for it. I stood against it. I stood opposed and, and do every day of my life. And so the, the fear is that I, when I'm called to do something, if I say no, if I haven't set my life up in such a way that I know that I could ease suffering somewhere in the world, but I don't do it because I was making decisions in fear, because I think that because I've made so much money, built so many companies, but you know, I have a reputation now. Right. And, and all of that shit starts to become more important than the very core of, of what I'm trying to leave for my children called a legacy, which is service. Mm. 
and, and leaving that in that shadow mission to say, that's what gets me up in the morning. The work that I do today, it's no longer about my own house. It's no longer about my own car. It's no longer about, it, it's no longer about any of that shit. It's about taking those resources and making an impact to ease suffering. Because I li- believe we live in a day and age right now where it's tilting. You know, We could slide massively backwards because of fear, anger, evil, uh, frustration, or we could go massively forward into something closer resembling a, a utopian society it, because of love, because of sacrifice, because of service, because of passion, because of communication, because of transparency, because of forgiveness, both of ourselves and the people that have wronged us, that we could live in that space. That's what I get up doing every morning. And every night when I fall to bed, I feel exhausted that I gave everything that I had against that shadow mission, that I've done everything Jason can do for that 24-hour, 10 or 12 or 18-hour period of time. I gave it everything that I had. And so my greatest fear is not living out the potential of my ability to impact the world in a positive way. That's my greatest fear. Wow. That's powerful. You, you mentioned the future. It has the ability to slide backwards or the ability to, to continuously strive and, and drive forward. Big question. What are you most excited about for your future? Oh, brother, this is a good one. <laughs> what am I excited about? There's a lot of things that I, that again, um, and again, I, I, I'll do, do my best. I'm trying to frame this in the, in the framework of anybody listening to this. What I'm excited about is that the life that I have designed to this point, the, the life that I see in the future is directly impacted by my strategic approach to life. And, and what that means is I sit back and I say, okay, if my legacy is to leave, you know, if my legacy is to ease suffering in this world, what are the activities that I'm, that I'm doing? My businesses are all set up to, uh, to support people that are looking for work, people that are, that are, uh, that, uh, you know, that may or may not ever be exposed to that. You know, your, your number was incredible. 300 million people out of 6.7, they'd be exposed to this kind of information. It's an incredible number. And, and for that, for that purposes, owning businesses was better. I thought I wanted to grow up and be on stage and be a big motivational speaker. Well, I do some of that, but, but it's not my biggest impact comes in, in impacting people with the companies that I buy, with companies that I consult for. And, and both of those have the outcome of, of easing suffering. And by teaching business owners uh, how to run their companies better so that they can more, make more money. And we have, a, we have one qualifier for us to, to teach people how I've built my private equity business in their own world, which is to you know have more time and make more money. One qualifier is that they're already doing good. They're already taking a portion of what they do to cure cancer, or to you know support their life. It doesn't have to be my stuff, but they're doing something. And, and uh, to support them, which then led into charities and me teaching them uh, how better to run their charities so that they can, so that they operate longer so that they have more of an impact so that they can do more of what they do because they're they're heart-centered not business-minded a lot of them and so teaching them that's another place where where i impact and then also creating this voice over the last five years one thing i've learned about philanthropy is that celebrity drives attention and dollars to those things that truly matter in life those people who are who are are um vulnerable right that actually need our help and, and so that celebrity uh, that I've been exposed to, there's a lot of people that get the celebrity 
and it's all about themselves. And then there's other people like Ashton Kutcher specifically um, that takes his celebrity and actually points it towards exposing uh, the, the scourge of, of uh, uh, human trafficking, right? And so I've started to build a, you know, around comedy because I'm one of those guys that I have, you know, it's so funny, brother. <laughs> one of the things I've learned about comedy is it saves me about two hours explaining who I am to people because I, I always say the shit that's on my mind, no matter what, anyway. Now I can say, I'm a comedian. Then you go, oh, okay, no more explanation needed. <laughs> you know? That's an easy in. Before I was, it's an easy out, brother. It's an easy out. Before I was like, well, here's why I believe all these things. And here's, here's the thought process I got to before it. Now I just say a comedian. Then they're like, oh, shit, you can say whatever you want to. And it's, you know, like the George Carlins of the world. You think about some of the world changers, you know, and, and a lot of them, uh, uh, early Eddie Murphy and, and those kind of people. Uh, Robin Williams, they made an impact in the lexicon of the, of the human psyche by saying things couched in humor. And so I'm really, really excited about my, my comedy career. Uh, I'm really excited about, um, the, you know, the show, the media and the exposure side of what I'm doing. I'm not doing it for money. I'm doing it for exposure, which means that I don't really have to, that I don't, I'm not really concerned whether somebody likes me or not. And I don't have to really con- uh, concern myself with, with filtering the, the thoughts that I have. It's, does this add value and does it help somebody think about an old problem in a new way? So I'm very, very excited for, for that, um, the development of that new world. You know, it's, it's all the stuff that we teach all the time in that, you know, step out of your comfort zone. Well, now I've stepped way out of my comfort zone because now I'm being judged, right? In my business career, I'm in a place where people can look at it and go, oh, that's, that's something that you should be proud of. Most people stay there because now they've gotten everything that they're after. I'm stepping into comedy, which is hard work. You know, it's a, a whole other place where now I'm being judged in a, with a whole new lens of can you make me laugh? Can you make me think? Can you, make, can you impact my mood in the moment? And it's totally uncomfortable, t- something I'm not a professional at, and, uh, but I'm excited about it. So that's, uh, I'm really excited about that, that, uh, that direction of my life. Hey, I'm excited to see this Netflix special. When it hits, I'm watching. <laughs> <laughs> There's one viewer, baby. One hey, viewer. you got at least one. You got one coming, and I'm sure many more from this conversation. Um, yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're going to shift gears and drop into what we call nuts and bolts. And and so these are tangible, tactical things people can actually apply and use. Uh, Much of what you've shared already obviously has nuts and bolts pieces to it, but we're going to hone in and get real specific for people. Uh, First off, what do you focus the majority of your life on each day? Where do you invest the majority of your time as of right now? Outcome. Always outcome. And, and, And let me define that for you. Outcome is is something because i believe that if if people if we're not measuring where we're going in life so so the very first step is creating you know when i say i spend time in uh like with keith cunningham i mean he's a great mentor and has taught me a lot of things one of the greatest things he said was you have to put that you have to put out where are you headed what's the destination that you're headed for and be very very specific about it right so when we talk about um you know when we talk about comedy uh it's you know, with that new show, it's 10,000 downloads, it's, you know, half a million viewers, it's, you know, it's things that are very, very measurable, very tangible, so that you know that you're having that impact. And so knowing that whether it's money, let's say one of your listeners wants to 
buy a new home or or they they want to bring their their family up from Mexico or they they you know one of their family members has has a surgery that needs to be done well there's a destination of saying okay here's where I'm headed and then bringing that back to what do I do with the 10 to 18 hours that I'm that I have today that I can look back at the end of the day. It's like somebody saying they want to lose 10 pounds in 30 days. Well, there your X is today. Your, th- your Y is, is 30 days from now. And then you have to look at, okay, I want to lose 10 pounds. Well, a lot of people in their businesses and their finances say, I want to make another million dollars. I want to put a hundred thousand dollars into savings. I want to save $10,000 for a deposit or a down payment on my house. Well, the next time they measure that is, at the end of the year that they set that goal. Well, it's like stepping on the, the, the scale at the end of that 30 days. What can I actually do about my weight when I step on that scale? Not a damn thing. So really the importance of the days before that, it's called lead and lag measures really, and you know, in KPIs, I guess, in, you know, in business world, but a lead measure is predictive of the lag measure. The lag measure is losing the 10 pounds on that 30th day. So what do I do on day one, day two, day two, you know, day one through 30 that are going to be predictive of the outcome of losing that 10 pounds. So I have to look at, okay, today I need to have a a calorie deficit of 1500 calories. I need to work out for one hour with a heart rate uh, uh, somewhere between 80 and 120. I need to make sure that I drink a gallon of water and I need to make sure that I get a good solid seven hours sleep of which Four of those hours need to be in deep REM, right? And so all the, rep- the, the, re- the repairing is going on. And it's not that difficult to figure out. It's just find four items that are predictive of your outcome. And if, if you find something else that's in, in, that will speed up or, or better solidify that or better yet, lose 10 pounds in 15 days, well, then do that thing. But it's in constant measurement, being really clear about the outcome, setting a date on it, and then measuring where you are hour to hour if you're going to be really specific, but at least day by day. And, and so those are the nuts and bolts about, uh, you know, about this thing called progress, which is, you know, you've probably had this drilled into you more than anybody. Progress is the, is the whole key to happiness in life. Progress is, is, is never by accident, right? Which, which it can be, you can be successful on accident. In fact, you, you know, in business, you know, this happens a lot. People are successful with one company and think that they, their, their magic. And then they go about the, the next five to 10 years of their lives, losing all the money that they just made in a successful company because it was on accident. So everything with intention, everything with measurement and, and focusing your time on, am I currently in the activity that is predictive of the outcome that I stated for myself and re- relaxation and travel and, and enjoying your family and, and sleep and, and recreation are all part of that. You just have to know where it is and it can't be out of balance. I love that. I love that. And with all of this, with measuring, knowing your outcome, being locked in, you know, really making sure you properly invest those 10 to 18 hours a day, uh, constantly in, you know, checking those KPIs, checking those measurements, making sure that you're making progress and inching forward and going to arrive at the destination on time like planned. Um, what makes you a, a, a success at this? Or, or a better phrase is, what's the key to your success at all this? The key to the success is keeping the one thing the one thing. Hmm. 
keeping the outcome, the, the end result of my life, because on the, on, on the path, I mean, even in losing that 10 pounds, you know, you're going to be like, Oh, I, I want a piece of cake or, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to have a, a, a sweet coffee or, you know, something along the way. It's like, well, my commander's intent, you know, the, 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 um, key to success is understanding that the commander's intent is out there and that there's no such thing as a straight line to that it's wandering and, and not re, not beating myself up. It's to, it's to be happy with where I am every moment, but never satisfied. And I know that's one of those fortune cookies that we've all heard, but it's, there's a, there's a practical application to that in our day-to-day life that states, that, okay, I can take a left turn. You know, I can, I can get angry. I, you know, I can sleep in. There's, you know, there's these things. But what we do is we say when we go off of that path, we tend to go down, go raging down that path because we went off path. We think, well, I'm, success just isn't meant for me. I'm not disciplined. I'm not the person that this isn't meant for me. I'm just going to be one of these people that floats through life and I die and nobody cares about it. Well, it's leaving that room um, you know, and understanding that, that, that you're not, you, it's not a fail. It's, it's just a temporary weave in your path towards your commander's intent, but you can't have that your commander's intent, your destination. You can't have that, that continually mar- marching forward. Even if you step back every once in a while, you can't have that unless you have a clear picture of exactly that destination that you want. Know the address of the home, know the square footage, go walk through it. Uh, you know, see yourself in it, like all of those things, and then do the damn work that is necessary for you to be able to advance towards making the money that you need for whatever that outcome is and, and having the time to be able to enjoy it. That's, that's what I would say is my key to success is keeping the one thing, the one thing and being crystal clear about it and then holding myself accountable because nobody else will. Nobody's coming to save us. Jarek, you know that, that's right? right? That's one of the things nobody's, nobody's coming to save us. So we got to do the shit ourselves. That's true. That's true. You got to step up, hold yourself accountable and, and do the work. So the, the final Amen. question is what's one actionable tip that can help others achieve and experience this kind of success in their life? You've given so many, but if we were to sum it up mm-hmm. and say, Hey, here's the one thing, keeping the one thing, the one thing, what's the one thing, um, that, that people could do if they left this show and, and they did this one thing that could help them experience and achieve that kind of success in their life as well. I'm going to, I'm going to combine two things. Okay. But it's, but it's, it's important. I would say, sit down, write out on a piece of paper, a box, okay. A square box and put four separations in it and number it one, two, three, and four. Okay. Number it one, two, three, and four. And in that box, whatever it is that you're striving for, let's use the 10 pounds, right? For example, I want to lose 10 pounds. You put a date on it. You say, oh, 30 days from now, I want to lose 10 pounds. In the top of the, in the first box, you're going to write uh, 1,500 calorie deficit. In the second box, you're going to write uh, one hour of cardio. In the third box, you're going to say seven hours of sleep. In the fourth box, you're going to say one gallon of water. Okay? You're going to do that. And then you're going to go about your day and you're going to get those four things. Cause we all have things that are thrown at us. 
But what you're going to do is you're going to check off next to it. You're not even going to check it off. You're just going to put it at the end of your day. You're going to put a yes, I did. I got 1,500 uh, uh, deficit. Uh, yes, I did one hour of cardio. Uh, no, I did not get seven hours of sleep. And yes, uh, I did one gallon of water. And that's going to start giving you a score for your day. And you're going to add that up over a seven-day period of time. And then at that seven days, you're just going to keep score for those seven days each day. And on the seventh day, whatever it is, Tuesday at five o'clock, you set a time to, to measure yourself. Tuesday at five, at 5 p.m., you go back and you look at, okay, what was my score? If I had seven times four is 28, if I had the possibility of getting 28 yeses and I only got 15, right, uh, then that's about a 50-50 score. I know that I'm probably on track to lose five pounds instead of 10. And then you have a conversation with yourself or a team or somebody that's an accountability coach or something of that nature and say, all right, I got 50-50 this week. What could I do to bump that up? Instead of 15 yeses, well, how could I get 18 or 20? And, and just continue to march along that path and do that for a 30-day period of time, which then will create a habit of you measuring yourself and it becomes like a game. And you say, okay, at the end of that seven days, if I got uh, any score over 20, then I can go to a movie that week, right? If I got under that, then I have to go run an extra mile uh, when I've done my meeting or whatever it is. There's, there's the carrot and the stick for yourself. But that's a hardcore, if somebody really, I mean, and this is what it boils down to. Everybody says they want more out of life. Everybody says that they, they want to advance their finances, their relationship, their, their health, all this other kind of bullshit. Well, if you did this one thing, it would transform your life because you become specific and it becomes measurable. You hold yourself accountable and you're keeping actual score on the shit that you say you're going to do with your life. I love it. I love it. It's powerful, sir. Time, <laughs> time, time to keep score, people. Time to keep score. Time to keep score, baby. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. It's been an absolute privilege to have you. Uh, I think I have a page and a half of notes over here. I've been writing everything down as fast <laughs> as I could. Hopefully everyone listening, you have gathered much experience and knowledge and, and, and heartfelt insight and, and life and love and joy from this conversation as well. Um, thank you for everyone who's taken time to tune in. In the show notes, we're going to put more about Jason and how you can get involved with the different organizations he's mentioned and talked about. Uh, feel free to pull those up and click those links and uh, donate, show up, uh, spread the word, share the message if you would. And, and Jason, one more time, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, brother, for everything you're doing. Thank you for being an example. Again, anybody that's listening should be following you. And, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm in awe all the time of, of, how you express yourself and the, and the example that you lead in the world, brother. And I, I'm, 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 uh, I'm honored to be your friend and, and, uh, and really honored to be a part of your project here. Thank you for the opportunity. Of course.